Hello, I'm Piero Vitelli, and welcome to Dancing in the Line of Fire, a series of podcasts exploring presentation delivery. As you listen, please do feel free to contribute your thoughts on Twitter using the hashtag Dancing in the Line of Fire, all one word, and I'll be addressing your comments and questions at the end of the series. But now, let's carry on with Chapter 11, Being Wrong. How do you feel when you are wrong? It's a simple question that can provoke some uncomfortable responses. Often, it can trigger a small avalanche of further questions concerning the context in which we might think of our answer. But if taken at face value with no further qualification, the answer is most likely to be things like embarrassed, foolish, frustrated guilty, stupid, and regretful. Catherine Schultz, the Pulitzer Prize-winning American journalist and author, asks the very same question of the audience in her TED Talk, by the way, another one worthy of your time, and then immediately brings incredible clarity by observing that those answers are to a different question, that of, how do you feel when you realise that you're wrong? It's quite a sobering thought to wonder exactly how many things we are wrong about right now, but have yet to find out about. The exam paper we submitted that has yet to be graded. The second-hand car we just bought for a bargain. And the wet paint on the wall we just leant against not having seen the sign. The moment of realisation that we got something wrong brings a horrible sensation as we instantly adjust to our new reality and try as hard as we can to justify, mitigate or mask it. I've often thought that cats experience something very similar on those occasions when they lose their balance while walking along the top of a fence. But, as Catherine Schultz observes, we only seem to mind being wrong in the present tense. Most people will easily admit to having been wrong in the past, and often convert the more ridiculous and embarrassing episodes of their lives into funny anecdotes. Equally, it's hard to imagine someone refusing to acknowledge that they are likely, in fact certain, to make more mistakes in the future. It's just the present moment that seems to be the problem. And it's evident in many situations, such as misunderstandings, traffic incidents, and political interviews. I'm not a psychologist, and so I can't even begin to uncover where the roots of this strange phenomenon lie, but as a parent of two young children, I notice that I'm part of the problem. Along with their school, I'm teaching my children that it's good to be right and bad to be wrong. The carrot is a dip in the prize box for getting a good report on their homework, and the stick is pointing out their mistakes as they learn their multiplication tables. Now, of course, you can't learn unless you make mistakes, and I'm not the greatest fan of participation medals, but Catherine Schultz suggests that somewhere along the road of trial and error, we learn to equate getting something wrong with there being something wrong with us. And this can be a stick with which a presenter beats themselves before during and after a presentation, or even worse, it stops them from reaching for a carrot. 
Shakespeare beautifully observes this in Measure for Measure with Lucio's line, Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we might oft win by fearing to attempt. Michael Bay is a Hollywood director known for films such as The Rock, Armageddon and Pearl Harbor. His films are big budget and action-packed, often using plenty of rich visual and special effects, which might be why, in 2014, Samsung invited him to appear on stage at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas with their executive vice president to promote their latest ultra-high-definition curved television. Explaining on his blog later what had happened during their presentation, he found himself in front of hundreds of journalists and industry professionals and, in his excitement, had spoken his lines in the wrong order, confusing the teleprompt operator in the process. As the video of the event clearly shows, this throws the director and you can hear his breath shortening, no doubt the moisture evaporating from his mouth and his heart getting stuck in his throat. Both presenters acknowledge the technical fault and agree to wing their performances, and for about 20 seconds, Michael Bay tries valiantly but in vain, and shortly afterwards apologises and walks off stage, leaving Joe Stinziano to fend for himself. The event trended on Twitter, with comments unsurprisingly ranging from the kind to the cruel, and many people offered support in their responses to his blog post, citing that it could have happened to anyone, that many wouldn't have even stepped onto the stage in the first place, and that everyone makes mistakes. Whilst it probably won't rate as a career highlight for him, I'm fairly sure it now lives safely in the past as a learning experience and I doubt he'll ever again present without a set of notes in his hand or pocket. Apart from a healthy distrust of technology, there's much in the clip that shows the value of rehearsal, warming up, and the use of activities. And although I'd like to think that Michael Bay would have benefited from this podcast series were it available in 2014, I suggest that there's something else at play here. The need to be right in the moment to not get it wrong, the fear of looking stupid. Somewhere in the mists of time, someone decided that professional presentations must be perfect, and whoever was responsible for that did the rest of us a great disservice. As Leonard Cohen says in his song Anthem, there's a crack in everything, that's how the light gets in. I'm not sure it's possible to determine when the first presentation was given, but I remember once reading an article that suggested the origins were to be found in the birth of democracy, when people first felt the need to persuade others of their opinions, and it sounded plausible enough to me. Humans still communicate in much the same way as they did back then. In fact, much of today's advice about structuring a presentation has more than just its origins in the writings of Aristotle and Cicero, and I have more than a little time for the American actor James Cagney, whose advice was to walk in, find your mark, look the other fellow in the eye, and tell the truth. But technology has grown at an incredible pace since then, which perhaps accounts for why presenting is now such a polished affair. Visual aids, 
stunning graphics and being on brand have become such a part of presentation that sometimes I can't help wondering if we're asking too much of ourselves. Often in my workshops I'll hear participants critiquing themselves about the vocal disfluencies that pepper their speech, such as um or er, and whilst too many probably isn't a good thing, the removal of all will leave them sounding like a robot. Imperfection is a natural part of life, and therefore presentations, and we would do well to find ourselves in a place where their occurrence was as acceptable to ourselves as they clearly are to others. Michael Bay's experience is memorable not for the mistakes that he made, but because of the attention to it that his reaction drew. Benjamin Zander is a conductor, musical director, author and speaker. In his book, The Art of Possibility, he shares a letter from one of his students who was graduating from his course at the Boston Philharmonic Youth Orchestra. In it, she describes a memory from one of the final rehearsals for a performance of Bartok's Concerto for Orchestra when things were not going well. It was towards the end of term. The pressure from various classes was starting to take their toll and a number of the orchestra were audibly underperforming. At the start of the rehearsal, he instructed them as follows. Right, take it straight through to the second movement and no mistakes. The student describes the impact of these words on her. Her muscles tensed and she wanted nothing more than to run away and hide. She then goes on to describe how Mr. Zander paused for a moment before continuing. And if you make a mistake, a 500-pound cow will fall on your head. This caused laughter, which released tension, which in turn improved the Bartok. Through all his work, whether books, talks, masterclasses or interviews, one of the qualities that shines through all Benjamin Zander does is the unshakable belief that life is always better if we don't take ourselves too seriously. And for a presenter seeking to navigate the challenges of being wrong in the present tense and learning the difference between taking your work and yourself seriously, this is some of the best advice I can think of. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and thank you for listening. Do please join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag Dancing in the Line of Fire, all one word, and contribute your thoughts and questions to the last episode. If you want to find out more about the work I do, then visit island41.com and I look forward to your company for the next chapter. <laughs>